Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. Today I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Um, Dr. Alexandrade is not with us today, so it's two of us. And today, um, as casually we were talking, um, we uh, decided to talk about art therapy. And I was sharing with my uh, colleague um, and friend, Dr. Rockers, that tomorrow uh, there's a group of um, um, American friends um, and associates from Mind Institute. Uh, there's a luncheon and um, I am uh, actually one of the speakers and we're going to talk about art therapy. So we thought maybe we can um, just begin here today and then see where we go with that. Basically, I am not personally experienced in this, but I know when I was studying in my PhD, in my uh, doctoral degree, um, we had actually uh, we, we, uh, a few of the videos and also conversation and discussion over this. And as far as I know, uh, Carl Rogers, who is very famous in psychological field and his theory of um, person-centered therapy, uh, she, uh, I mean, he has uh, a daughter uh, that Natalie Rogers is known for her um, art therapy. So as far as I research, I think she is the very first one that we know she started art therapy because she was an artist and also she was a counselor. And she decided to get into the field. And what she was sharing was, she said, I was very good at psychotherapy and working with my clients. And I knew that um, the, the least I can do is helping them through art. And I knew that I'm not going to harm them. So she began with uh, patients working with art. And she says, there's no structure in working with art. Uh, it, it is just a free association. It's like whatever comes to your mind, you draw and you don't have to be good in drawing. You don't have to be an artist. And a lot of people um, mix this um, with, uh, oh, I'm not good in drawing, but it's nothing about being a good drawer, being a good uh, painter, being a good artist. It's just whatever comes to your mind, you put on the paper. And as I was uh, searching um, to find more information, I found many uh, psychologists who are working with art therapy and they're actually 
very successful in their field. And I um, actually know that there was a couple of TED talk about that. And um, the colors, um, the focus on um, person or even things that um, people draw without even knowing how to draw, it brings a lot of their inner issues. And um, there, there are some case studies that I was reading about an American Psychological Associations that um, they talk about uh, people with bipolar, with uh, diabetes, um, loss, um, uh, grief, and mental limitations. Um, so uh, one of the artists was talking about um, scribble drawing. So scribble. yeah, just a scribble um, and with colors, and then the inner self comes out. And it was very interesting. So I just wanted to see what you know about and what we can just continue conversing about well this is dr rockers my knowledge of scribble pictures we call them scribble pictures when we were growing up and you're yeah you just take a uh, like a pencil and make some whatever crazy design on a page totally abstract and then color in the parts and we of course we were children we didn't take it any further than that so that's really about the limit of what i know my experience with scribble pictures i could conjecture a number of things about what we get from it well what did is that what uh, natalie rogers is doing does she do that or how what, what mediums does she work in uh basically um she starts um telling their clients uh, actually she actually talked talked about the scribble drawing and and she was sharing one of her patient was was scribbling on the paper and then uh, she started talking about how perfectionist she is and how she doesn't like this she always does you know perfect things and this is not her um, you know um, think in life and and from there they started and then um, when she asked her to start coloring whatever color and she was just lost with oh you know I want to do this right I want to know what color and then they began talking about this and then um, she gradually starts talking about her perfectionism and how uh, difficult it is for her to always walk in the world thinking um, she can do this because she can do a perfect job and therefore she stops you know just doing what she likes to do she just thinks that everything has to be perfect and then from there she actually talked about her childhood and so many things uh, revealed from that point on and then I was also uh, looking at one of the cases study. Um, there's a woman, 30 years old, uh, dropout from high school, uh, from 10th grade. She didn't go to school. Um, she was bipolar and she uh, was raised by her grandparents. She recently lost her grandfather and she was actually intellectually um, had limitations uh, in development. Uh, third time in prison, um, drug position, theft, solicitation. And then the first session, they did a scribble drawing. And then <clears throat> she talks about this client and, and talks about 
the damage that um, this client has been facing with all these things that has happened to her and the prison. And the interesting part was that she said she actually did the scribble first, her, the therapist, and then she asked what the patient can make out of that. And then she connected some of the dots and she created a face. And uh, from there, they started to talk and she said, I'm faceless. And um, after that, she asked her to do a scribble. And she did a scribble and then the therapist asked her to connect um, some of the lines or some of the dots. And then she created um, a boat and then in that boat, um, she um, connected some of the other lines and there was a little child sitting in the boat alone. And then they started talking and from other um, scribble and connection of the lines and drawings, um, she, in everything, there was number three in that. And then from there, the, the therapist figured that she was raised by her grandparents. There were three of them. Uh, she, the, she, the, it was a third time she was in prison. And everything in her drawing was uh, something about number three. And then there was a lot of connection in her life. And she talked about um, self-judgment, self-doubt, um, so many issues uh, from where she was coming from. So I thought it was very, very interesting um, knowing where it's going um, and unknown. Um, it's, it's just a combination of all of that. So I thought that was very, very interesting and um, in how much she revealed from the grief from loss of her grand. Uh, parent and the PTSD from all the issues with the imprisonment. Uh, um, so um, I also was uh, looking at another case study with ADHD, which was very interesting because uh, that was, I, I think in Australia, there was a case study on three children that uh, working with art therapy and play therapy was very successful. Well, let's dissect some of this before you go on. Sure. So what I'm hearing about play therapy is that it can be both the process of doing the play. We observe how the person is responding to that sort of a thing, as well as the content or what they actually create on the page. Right. So some of the. Yeah. Some of the process stuff is like, oh, I can't do that. I can't draw very well. I think I mentioned this last time when I had a therapist who asked me to draw a picture of my dream. And I said, well, I don't draw very well. And he says, you're going to need to drop that right now. Like it was very direct and it was exactly what I needed to give me permission just to like, you don't have to be perfect. And so for whoever is listening, if anybody is listening and they think, oh, Dr. Rockers, he's perfectionist. Yeah, that's right. I think that's one of my issues is that came out in there. It's like that showed up and it shows up just immediately and right away is one of those process things. So even if that's the only thing you could take from play therapy or art therapy, as we're talking about, 
that would be something very valuable, right? Mm, exactly. It and that happened us, in this few cases, yeah. Yeah, it enables us to see some aspect that we don't ordinarily notice about ourselves. So a therapist who's doing effective art therapy is watching for those things, is observing those things. Mm, absolutely. And really and, what, it's, what it's about in all of these cases, in all of therapy, to me, and I want to hear what you say too, but only after I talk, of course, is that, that's a joke for any listeners, it's yeah. a joke, um, is that if we are observant in our lives, that in itself can be therapeutic. If we really are observant and open to seeing things about ourselves, that's therapy. That's therapy. It's the examined life. It's when we examine our own life and want to become better. Uh, absolutely. In self-awareness, that's the only thing they talk about, that um, you observe your behavior, you observe your thoughts, you observe uh, sur your surrounding. And I think this is how you get to deeper level of um, who you are yourself. Because if you just pass by daily life and don't even think about what went in our mind or what behavior we, um, you know, performed or um, we acted or however you want to put it. Um, it's just um, not being really aware of what's going on with us. And I think uh, the more you practice and the more you observe yourself in every um, situations, you know, with friends, with family, at work, with clients, you know, um, first of all, self-regulation is number one, you observe yourself, whether you do have it, or whether you don't. And then by practice, you can keep yourself center. Um, and then it gradually, when you practice for a long time, you constantly are observed and observant. You know, it seems like you're two. Uh, so constantly you realize that, um, okay, what I said um, be was because, you know, I was not comfortable with what I heard or constantly you are aware of your thoughts, your behavior, your words. So, uh, it is true what you said. Absolutely. Okay. You mentioned self-regulation. Maybe it would be good to define that for our listening audience. Sure. But here's my question for you. Does self-regulation mean I need to control myself more or I need to let go more? I think both. I think oh, both. Both at the same. That's like, isn't that like driving a car with your foot on the brake and on the <laughs> gas at the same time? It'd be both. How can I do well, both? Well, because time? you have to let go in order to control yourself. You know what I mean? That's I why know. I mean I don't both. Know. Can I just well, start smashing windows and break? Yeah, it's things? it's such a uh, interesting, uh, you know, question you ask. I'd never thought about it, but um just now i realized that it's within one tenth of a second it goes to your mind at the same time you're letting go and that letting go helps you to control your behavior by the way we are at our first break and after a short break we come back and we continue our conversation 
سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از کجای باور آمد که گفت گر روید سر بر نگردد سر back with Dr. Danny Rockers. Uh, this is Dr. Saide Malik Afsali speaking. Uh, this is our second session talking about art therapy. If you just turn on your radio and um, you didn't listen to first part, we were talking about Natalie Rogers, who was a counselor um, and she did a lot of psychotherapy. She got into art therapy because she was an artist at the same time. And she is a uh, basically the first person who started this. And there's so many art therapists now that are working with patients. And um, we are continuing after the break to talk about um, the rest of our conversation regarding art therapy. I'm back, uh, Dr. Rockers. And I remember when before the break, you talked about self-regulations and letting go. And I thought it happens at the same time. I want to hear what you think. Um, about which I well, here's what I have a question about: How can letting go help me control myself more? Like, if I let go, doesn't that mean I have to let go of control? Uh, controlling your behavior partly is letting go. That's how I see it. Maybe um, you know the way it happens to me when I let go. I feel like I'm more in control by letting go. You know, I'm more in control by not getting myself down to a level that I let my emotions take over. So that's how I see it. Letting go means being in control by not letting your emotions, your feelings come and you react towards whatever is happening. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of getting stuck here. Does letting go mean letting go of control? Okay, so maybe we were thinking of two things. I was thinking of letting go of emotions, letting go of anger, letting go of fear, letting go of all those emotions that we know of. And by that, I thought you're more in control of being in a higher level. Because when you are... Um, the present of your emotions and feelings, then you may react differently. But when you let go of your emotions right there, like anger, let go of the anger right there, it may take um, more practice, but um, it happens because it has happened uh, many times to me that something doesn't um, seems right to you and it may really 
ang comes um, the time that I felt I'm angry, but immediately I thought I have to let go of my emotion. You know, I shouldn't really come down to the level that I let my anger take over my behavior. So it's just by practice, you can be more in control and be self-regulated. So letting go means releasing it as opposed to acting it out. That's how I see it. Exactly. Uh, I thought you were saying letting go, like just go crazy and break windows. Oh, 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 no, no, no. The opposite. Letting go of the emotion, letting go of the anger, letting go of the fear, letting go, you know, just um, uh, it's, it's sort of um, accept the moment and don't react to it, you know? So letting go of who you are, what your emotions are, what you're taking from the moment and just be present and accept and let go of that. That's, that's how I see it. Uh, okay. So okay. basically the practices of mysticism uh, is pretty much the same. Acceptance, being in the moment, letting go of your anger, letting go of your fear, um, surround yourself with um, just present moment. Uh, I know it's not easy to uh, make it happen overnight. It's a practice. It's It takes a lot of work uh, so that you can just, you know, and, and you may fall. Even people who are, uh, you know, group, Guru, guru of this, still they talk about how difficult it is and how sometimes it, you may fall, but but it happens. At least you are aware of it. At least if it doesn't happen at certain times, um, you can just remember it and you can practice more not to let that happen, your reaction. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, we should probably also make the distinction for our listeners between having an emotion and the behavioral aspects of the emotion or the acting out of the emotion. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because emotions, showing emotions is very healthy. I mean, we can't just uh, suppress our emotions. It's always good to talk about it. But also there are two different sort of practices. One is more like spiritual part of it, that you're above all of this, you don't let little things bother you, you practice that, you're able to let go and not hate the person, not hate the situation, uh, but just accept and rather than uh, be at the moment and, um, and even if there's an issue between you and a person, be at the level that you still love that person. You may not like what happened or what the person said. So if you practice more, you can really understand, even in um, organizational psychology, if you recall, even the supervisors should really be trained. And, and there are different theories about that, that there are leaders that they put aside the relationship part and they always um, value the work the person does 
and they still have that connection and communication with the person, they only um, evaluate the person on their work behavior. So it's a very difficult, basically, um, principle you follow. It's not easy, but I'm just saying even in organizational psychology, we know that there are leaders that they go by uh, only um, the um, work that the person uh, produces rather than the attitude or rather than, you know, other um, the behavior of the person. So I'm just saying it's um, it's important to understand that we are human being. We, um, in our behavior, in our connections, we have emotions. Emotions are very healthy. If we don't have emotions and feelings, we are not a human being. We do have that. But there's also ways that you can control your emotions. There are ways that you can let go of some of those um emotions because you're not really taking the face value of what you're hearing. Sometimes you just go deeper and you judge about what you heard. If you take the face value, it makes your life easier. Is it, does that mean we should not have emotions then just block them out? <laughs> no, I just said the opposite. <laughs> I said, we are human. We have emotions. <laughs> That's good. Weren't we you listening? <laughs> yeah, were you listening to me? <laughs> no, we have to talk about our emotions. We it's healthy to talk about emotions. But I was just explaining that there are two ways to let go of the emotion. One is in a higher level, you are so experienced and and uh, well trained that you can let go of those anger, you can let go of the fear, you can let go of the disguise by just training yourself thinking, you know, what do I get out of this anger? Why am I angry? Why am I thinking this um, conversation I am in, it's, uh, you know, it's bothering me. So start, we were talking about being observant, so observe yourself and it could happen immediately when you are in a situation that um, you're angry. I guess it's just a lot of practice you have to do. I was lucky with my previous job being an administrator, working with a lot of people. You're always um, you know, concerned about you know, how you are connecting, how you're communicating, how you're conversing. So it just, it's a great practice. And I was just thinking, it's easy to just say whatever you want to say, but it's, uh, it's also a great way to train yourself to think what you're saying, to really um, make sure other people understand you, make sure they know your um, um goodwill, um, they, they, they know so that they can trust you. But I mean, when you think about people, uh, you immediately can think of them uh, in a second, whether they're, you know, emotional, whether they're thoughtful, whether they're wise. I mean, it's just because of their behavior and what, what you observe from them. So uh, by practice, you can be who you are, he, who you want to be. Uh, you can be a wise person, 
um, by controlling your thoughts, controlling your words, um, you know. So basically what I'm trying to say is inviting people to uh, be more um, cognizant of what they think, what they say, uh, how they perceive the other person. So going back to our therapy, Dr. Rockers. Do you think that in what ways is art therapy like communication? I think uh, any part of art is communicating. Uh, you know, you, you hear music. Music is also art, art of music. You know, um, there's so many other aspects of life um, in art. Nature is art. Uh, drawing is art. Painting is art. So um, the way I look at art is um, you don't judge the person. You just perceive what you see and what you observe. And I think in therapy, it's the same. The therapist doesn't judge the client. The therapist is just letting the client express herself or himself. And by that, you can create a conversation to let all those emotions come out and, and talk about it. And, and I think the beauty of our therapy is that there's no structure. There's no good or bad. There's no, you start here, you end here. And there's lots of different ways to go about doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many different mediums. It's like this past weekend, I was talking with my girlfriend, Jan, about um, pastry making, making pastries and how the, she was talking about somebody that she knew from her childhood who did the cooking, but more as a utilitarian thing. And she said, well, this person wasn't really into the art of cooking. And I was thinking, well, for me, I like the baking and the pastry making and the art of pastry making. For me, that's, it's relaxing, it's therapeutic, it's satisfying. But my question for you is this, and I don't have the answer on this one. This is just a free former here and I'll, I'll jump in also. But do you think, is art something that we do because it is satisfying? Or is it more that it expresses some aspect of us inside? I think, um, personally, I think art is part of every human being. We may not be aware that we all are artists. I think there's part of us that is inactive. The art, you need to discover it. And as you mentioned, you do pastry, somebody does cooking, somebody does flower decoration, somebody loves to be in the nature and observe the nature, somebody likes to draw, somebody likes to sew, uh, somebody likes to um, create collage. I mean, we all are artists in some ways, but we have to let that part of us come out. So I think art is creation and, and it's part of each of us. Some show it in poetry, some show it in music, some in a piece of writing they, they do. Uh, you may do it in pastry. And I was just even thinking when you were talking about um, pastry as art, even cooking and presenting 
your your cooking. The way you present is an art. You know, you, some people are really great in presentation. You know, you go to great restaurants and they bring the dessert and you see the dessert has such a beautiful design. And, and everything you do, I think, has art piece in it. And I think um, sometimes we don't pay attention to um, things that we have and um, we just need to um, activate, you know. And with that, I want to say we got to our second break. Uh, we come back and we talk about uh, our therapy. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگر صدای ما را از رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من و همکارم دکتر راکرز امروز در خدمتون هستیم ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی در مورد روانشناسی و موضوعات مختلفی که ارتباط با روانشناسی داره صحبت میکنیم پادکست های ما رو میتونین از طریق آیتون و از طریق گوگل یا از طریق اپل سرچ کنین رادیو بامداد هم پادکست های ما رو داره و میتونین از طریق رادیو بامداد به اونها در زمانهای مناسب گوش بدیم ما تا کنون بیش از 165 یا شاید بیشتر پادکست داریم که تحت تاپیک های مختلف و میتونین ما رو از طریق Culture and Psychology with رادیو بامداد سرچ کنین ما برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers. This is Dr. Saide Malik Absali speaking. If you just turn on your radio and you're listening to us, uh, we um, have been uh, talking about our therapy, the first two parts of our conversation. We talked about self-regulation. We talked about art being part of a human being. And now we are back and we continue our conversation. I was going to tell you, Dr. Rocker, that um, one of the therapists who seems like uh, she has created a big program, uh, she was talking about art therapy being a, a scientific, um, uh, actually. And uh, she was talking about neuroscience and art therapy being um, going hand in hand. And um, so she says some um, use medication and also, um, you know, go through different route, but many with medication, medication with issues. Medication oh, when oh, they oh. have, um, you know, um, psychological issues. But uh, she was just saying a lot of people may combine. We are not saying medication is bad. Medication plus art therapy. And she was very big in art therapy. Actually, she's uh, working with neuroscientists. And she said it's amazing how these two go hand in hand. And she was just saying we're beginning in this route to work with art therapy and the brain. So she says it's, it's self-expression, it's therapeutic relationship, is um, how future neuroscientists and art therapists will be working together. She just sees it as something that is a, uh, it completes the uh, neuroscience uh, with art therapy. And she said um, what to expect of art therapy is basically how you can get into the brain of people, how you can work with the people um, to really realize um, what the problem is and how they can help them. So many people are afraid of starting art, but um, she was just saying again, uh, as I heard from so many um uh, psycho, uh, I mean, artistic uh, uh, psychology and art, they were just saying it's um, it's basically we are drawing a picture of our mind, which was very interesting. Who said that one? Uh, I guess uh, one of the art therapists that was big in neuroscience, she was talking about uh, many people are afraid of starting art, there's no need for artistic talent. Um, what we picture in our mind, actually, um, we can draw on the picture. Does that, <laughs> okay, does that mean my mind is a loaf of bread? What I mean. <laughs> well, no, basically she was talking about the issues that people have and they come to therapy. I don't know if you have issues, maybe maybe we can dissect that later. But at this point, I was just talking about people who have issues and by art, they can work on their issues. But also there was hey, you a you handle that very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very good. I, I know. know. You maybe always joke. Yeah. I know. I know. You're in a that. you're in a good mood, Dr. Rockers. But I was just gonna say the other testimonial that I listened to a person, 
as a matter of fact, she sounded Persian because the accent seemed like she's uh, Persian and her name was Persian. She actually had a testimonial. She was living in London. She had some psychological issues. She went to uh, an art therapy center and they had group therapy by art. And she said, this art therapy actually saved my life. Wow. And she was talking about how she came out of that darkness and how she could find herself through art therapy. And she was recommending it that how much uh, she grew, how much she was empowered, um, how much he was um, fulfilled and satisfied um, at the end. And there was also uh, a woman from uh, Sweden that there was an art therapy center and she was the head of art therapy center. And actually I watched her working with the group. She said there's no time or and no limitation of time. People just come at any time. There's a table set up with all the art supplies. They just come, they start drawing, they talk about their drawing. We have a session, everybody presents their drawing if they like, if they don't, they don't. If they like to do one-on-one, -on -one, then she's available or other therapists are available to do one-on-one. -on -one. And then if um, people are comfortable in their gr small group, because there are different tables that people come and sit at the table, and if they feel comfortable with the group, they just come and they set up a time to come together. And it's very self-centered. It's like people actually run it. And it was very interesting that how she was talking about the success of the program, how people feel they're relieved when they leave the group or therapy. And um, it was a lot of great... Um, conversation with different um, clients, with different art therapists, um, and um, pretty much everybody was talking about the usefulness of it, the gain their clients um, get, the effect of art, and the results of um, finding the issues that some of the people are not easy to converse, to speak about their problems. By art, they can talk about it. And there was a therapist who was talking about what the colors mean. And she was just saying she has a client that uh, she is um, uh, bipolar and different drawing and different coloring when um, she's in mania and when she's in darkness and depression. And she was talking about how uh, that darkness shows up on the coloring. And, and somebody was talking about, you know, before they would draw something and they would give us the color to color it. And sometimes it seemed like childish. But she said, sometimes with people who are really hesitant to draw, I just give them the colors to color. And those colors show how, you know, they feel. And then we talk about the colors, you know. I mean, like which colors they pick or what? Which colors they pick or which part of the body they color, this color, you know, somebody who just makes the face mm, black, dark, the head dark, or the heart dark. So anyways, uh, she was just explaining that. I think you need to probably know 
what colors mean, um, you know, uh, even uh, there, there was a, I remember there was a, some program that they would work with colors in therapy, that what colors mean and then how you um, see the colors through your eyes um, and how do you work with colors when you are coloring. Uh, I'm sure there's a psychology in colors as well. Let's talk a little bit about the need to create. Okay, sure. As humans, my thinking is that I like what you said when you said all all of us, what did you say? All of us are artists. Mm -hmm. in, in some ways, yeah. And you said art is creation. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that we have this universal need to create. As human beings, I think that's a fundamental need. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that makes sense? I think so, because when you think about it, some people work, when you think about it, some people work with their hands. Some people make things. I mean, there are some people knit, some people um, uh, sew, some people draw, some people write, uh, some people do carpentry. Uh, I mean, there's so many ways to show your talent in, in artistic way. I mean, even think about it, Some, the me mechanics even, the artists, by their mm -hmm. art, they can, they can do mechanical work. So when you think even, let's say, in um, psychology field, a good psychology has the art of communication, has the art of connection, has the art of getting into somebody's mind. I mean, every aspect, every profession, when you think there's an art piece in it because we are communicating, we are connecting with people. And then when it comes to creation, we show it in different way. Some people write uh, stories, some people uh, write poetry. Uh, some people are great in communicating through creating groups. Uh, they're social. Even that social part has artistic way into it. People who cook and present. I mean, you name it. Anything we do, there's an art piece in it. So I really believe there's art in each of us. But we have to, first of all, know it, name it, and then let it be activated and grow. And there's no such thing that we say we are not good at this, we are not good at that. I think we can develop that liking. We can develop that knowledge and uh, getting good at it. We, we really have that. Think about it. Even the postmaster that you are in it and you are um, basically one of the leaders in that, I mean, think about it, Toastmaster is also, there's an art piece to it because of the speech piece. I see art in every single thing. And specifically, now that today we are talking about art therapy, we, we made it a specific to drawing or painting or colors. But in general, art is around us. If you look at the nature, every piece in nature seems like, there's an artist that created that. Nature is full of art. 
you look at the colors in the nature, you look at the setup of the nature, um, everything is artistic when you think. So our eyes are seeing this art daily. And then, so we are seeing it, it is in us. And then how we take it and develop it and present it, it's then um, part of creation that we, uh, it's in us. Do you think that, it sounds like what you're saying, but I just want to clarify, is the need, we have a need to create. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is the same as a need to express? I think so. I think so. Even people who we know they have disorder and they have a hard time even connecting or they don't like to connect, uh, maybe because it's it's an it's a disorder. Maybe when they are um, working to um, come over their disorder, they enjoy life more because I think creating is part of us too, as you mentioned. Because think about it, even um, women creating woman creation is having, let's say as nature dna part of woman is reproducing you know so creation when you think of creation that comes to my mind as a human being um so obviously men are part of that you know to make it so simple i think um bearing a child raising a child i mean that's that's part of being a human being, and that's creation. That's the first part of creation in universe that we experience. That is very interesting. Do you think that creating is that they're the that expressing and creating are the same things? Sort of, because uh, in different ways. Because when you talk about creation, um, like. Um, having kids we we are part of that right how do what well, expressing is natural because that's a natural piece of a human being but when you talk about other part of art in human being and creation and um, the need for creation i think you are expressing yourself by by creating you are definitely expressing because just think about your own bakery your perfection shows in your bakery. So your creation actually is expressing you. When you are perfectionist, you you really want to do the best job you can regarding taste, the look at the pastry you make, um, everything about that. Or maybe I'm sure when you're even presenting it, you don't like to present it you know, just um, in a way that it doesn't show how beautiful that creation is. No, seriously, even last really? night I was last night I was talking to actually my son was here for dinner and and she he actually was saying that he went to a restaurant that their food um, were were awesome. And people were coming from all over to get their food. But he was just saying the way they presenting it was on a disposable. I said it ruined the whole thing. And that we began talking about that. Um, and of course, it's a, um, it's a different setup 
people come to this restaurant for just actually the food. But he was just saying, if they had the opportunity to present this tasteful food, uh, food in, in a better presentation, he said, it would have sounded so much better. And then we were talking about, there's a uh, expression in Persian language, we say, zarf va mazruf, which means you present the food, you present something, it's not necessarily the food, but what it comes with it, it makes it even better. So for example, the packaging of the products, you know, I mean, think about everything, um, how much art is into presenting, how much art is into, you know, like think, talking about art um, in marketing, art is a big part very you big. market things um, with artistic way. Yeah, how they're presented. Well, there is that saying, we eat with our eyes first. Mm -hmm. So it's you're so right. It's how is it presented, which I think conveys a couple of things. One is the care and attention that the presenter gives to it. And then also it is how it how it meets our eyes and our nose. And yes, so smell, taste, everything comes together. And yeah. presentation is also a big piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in your, um, would you ever think of doing art therapy, Dr. Rockers? Would I ever, you mean like, would I uh, present it as the instructor? Would I go to it or which one? No, no, with your patient. Or would I write an article about it? Or would no, I have your patient about? draw and use the art. Come on, Dr. Rockers, you're Sorry. in a very good mood today. It's a playful you're mood. You're putting me on the spot. I'm trying to put you on the spot as much as possible. Always, yes. <laughs> I, um, yes, actually, I have done it. I have done oh. it. And I have also taught um, pastry as psychology classes. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. tell me about it more. And in fact, well, these were a series of classes I did about somewhere between five and 10 years ago. And one of them was making pizza, like pizza dough, the way to make really good pizza dough, as well as how to spin that pizza dough out into thin. We did making macaroons. So you're piping it out with a pastry bag. We did making pie dough and making the, an apple pie and everybody baked their pie. Forget what, there was one other one that we did that I had them do, but it was the idea that it's a lot like play therapy or art therapy in the sense that whatever you do, that brings out your, you show your own self in what you do, whatever it is you do. So whether it's, digging a ditch or whether you're making pastry or making turnovers you show your yourself comes out yourself comes yeah. and if you're careful you can see yourself in that but not only that and this is the part that's i like so much about it is it is it's expressive it's an expression of me and there's something about making the pastries that to me is 
just so rewarding and intrinsically satisfying, just the making of it. I think I may have mentioned it, but I like making the dough and making the pastries and seeing the finished product. And then sometimes I even eat them. Most of the time I will give them away because I, that's the part for me that really feeds my soul is the making of them. It's the hands-on piece. It's the touching, it's the feeling it's, it's almost um, it's contemplative, it's meditative. And that reminds me, my mom actually as many times said, cause she's a bread maker and is taught, she's like a master foods I somehow, I don't know what the whole title is, but she judges the food presentations at the local county fairs, things like that. But she said that for her, kneading the dough was always therapeutic. And so she's done that all her life on the farm in Kansas. Interesting. Um, You know, when you also talked about um, at one point when the COVID hit, you were working with a group of doctors, I guess, or lawyers that Doctor. you were doctors that you were doing some dough as well yes. or pastry. Yeah. In fact, we're meeting this Wednesday night and we are probably going to be making macaroons, French macaroons again. Yeah. It's just kind of fun. There's great little fun things to make. So as one of these uh, um, artists that they were talking about um, psychology and art, they were saying, if nothing comes out of it, at that point when you're doing art therapy, you're at the moment. Because when you're creating, you are at the moment. You know, so you're so focused on that creation that your mind is not going other places unless you're talking about it or you are. Uh, expressing what you have been drawing. But then when you're painting, you're drawing, you're using colors, you're so much into your creation that most probably you are basically at the moment. And I have experience when I do drawing, when I do some um, knitting, something that is um, artistic and it's um, creation, I am so much drawn into it that um, most of the time I forget about time. And I love about that because you put everything aside and, and you forget about where you are, what you're doing, the time. And you can just, maybe because I love drawing and I love art, but in general, I've noticed even something that maybe I'm not that good at it, but I'm learning like knitting. I started learning just recently. And when I do knitting, I'm so focused on making it the way, um, you know, it's the um, pattern that I'm working on. And it's, I'm so focused. I forget about time. And all of a sudden I feel like, oh, now I'm tired. I have to put it aside. And then I look at time, I realize. I've been on it for a couple of hours without even realizing I was working. So with that, we are getting to the end of our program. And as usual, we say our last statement. So I want to start with you. What? Nobody else. All right. can dump it on to Alex. Well, to me, the most important thing is to figure out what is your way of being creative? Is it 
the need to create something? Is it the need to express? Like you talked about, Saide, you talked about expression of speech or talking, or art also is an expression. Some people are creative in their need to achieve things. Some people are creative in their need to plan things. Some people are creative in terms of their decision-making. So think about, learn about, figure out what is your way that is creative and practice that, but also enjoy that. Take pleasure in the process that you're doing. And I want to say, just uh, don't ever say you're not good at this, you're not good at that, because I've experienced this myself. When you want to be good at something, and if you really want to do it and put focus and time into it, you can get good at it. But I'm sure there's also some talent in each of us that we have to find and activate it. Because when you bring your talent up and you work on um, whatever you like, then um, you really enjoy and that becomes your passion in life. I wish everyone a wonderful Saturday night. We come back tomorrow to converse about another psychological topic. Have a wonderful Saturday.
از کجایی باور آمد که گر روت سر بر نگردد سر نبه Sing us, sing us, sing us.